thanks for joining us for another episode of the Appledore Research Podcast. My name is Robert Curran, Consulting Analyst with Appledore. As ever, we're here to share insights on the transformation of telecom in the era of cloud, network automation, and AI. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure to follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter. Now, enjoy the show. TM Forum's digital transformation world is back, and it's now settled into an autumn scheduling from its historical springtime home. Under the theme of Ignite, the event offers the opportunity to be inspired by what's new in the world of software, standards, and telecom. Uh, let's look at some facts and figures about this year's event that the forum have already put out. We're expecting something like 3,500 attendees with about 12% at VP level and above from CSPs, which is pretty good. Um, about a third of the attending companies are service providers, which is a little better than uh, than the past. Over 100 countries represented, 600 companies and 400 speakers. This is a sizable event. Uh, as well, there are 40 Catalyst projects. We'll be talking about those in a moment. And here to preview the event with me today, I have John Abraham and Francis Hasem, veterans of many TM Forum Digital Transformation World events. John, Francis, uh, welcome on the podcast again. I want to talk briefly about the program. I'd like to talk about Catalysts. Uh, and I'd like to spend a few minutes talking about awards as well. Um, but let me just start with the, with the program, just for a quick summary uh, and get your thoughts. So for the audience who hasn't been able to get to the DTW website already, um, there are five tracks uh, in the event. I think they're covering many of these hot topics currently. They are tech code, DNA, cloud native software, future networks, AI at scale, and platforms and partners. That's the five tracks. I just wanted to get your thoughts on what you've seen already uh, about those agenda items, how well they match to you know things we're seeing in the industry. What do you guys think? Francis? I think the program is actually a significant shift in thinking for the forum. Um, the themes seem better aligned with this kind of new telco business needs and how to engage with the outside world. It's tended historically rather to be too much of a little bit about technology and solving the internal integration mess that is often telco. Um, so it's good to see a kind of focus on what I would term as an industry facing outward rather than inward. Um, in terms of the um, tracks, I think the future networks is an important track, both for me because I'm involved quite heavily in a number of the autonomous network sessions. Um, and uh, it, it will be a great positioning for upcoming autonomous networks white paper. Um, but I also like the fact the platforms and partnership is a key theme. Um, in our recent Telco as a Platform research, uh, we called out this kind of need for Telcos to think about platforms as disaggregation, not dis just disaggregating um, Telco, but multiply, multiple layers of te uh, Telco. And also the importance that the Telcos cannot do this just on their own. They need partnerships, both partnerships in terms of providing that platform and also in terms terms of um, engaging with outside industries where, they, where telco is not is not the expert. So I think the, that's, that, that for me is a, is, a, is a good point where we're starting to think about what is the platform that we're giving, giving out to the rest of the world. John, something I noticed, I wanted to get your opinion on it as well. Um, when I look through the program, there's an almost complete absence of the terms that used to be the mainstay of the TMF events, OSS, and BSS, a little <laughs> NMS, uh, even you know 
those classic terms like fulfillment, assurance, uh, just just don't feature uh, on the agenda, which which is a good sign, I think. But I, I wanted to know because I know the BSS side of things came in midway through the through the forum's existence. Uh, I just wondered if you had a view about how much you know the more commercial side, customer experience side features in the uh, in the event as a whole. I think, uh, is that evidence of, of a landscape changing? Well, uh, first of all, um, thanks, Robert. Great to be here talking about DTW, quite a significant event. Uh, we still m- miss Nice, by the way, uh, but, uh, you know, year two in, after year one in Copenhagen, you know, I think uh, we all agree that the location, the venue is far more attractive in terms of space and the ability to, uh, you know, have social gatherings and meet people than, you know, the rather cramped environments of uh, Nice. Uh, so great, great to be back. Looking forward to be back. Um, back to your question, Robert. Um, I think uh, you make a fair point. I think um, OSS especially is is being disaggregated into different, let's say, modern phrases. You know, even in the market shares that we do, we actually call it NAS. You know, and we have just published uh, the market share. I think a month or so back. Um, so. So uh, that's certainly happening. On the BSS front, I would say it seems to me that it's a bit less than the the, the trend that we're actually seeing on the OSS side. Uh, within BSS right now, I wouldn't say that that phrase BSS has gone away completely, uh, but uh, there seems to be a far greater emphasis on the distinctive capabilities within that BSS stack, which is be it charging or customer experience or CPQ or mm. you know even billing for that matter, uh, right? So so mm. uh, many companies tend to talk about those capabilities specifically. Even the ones who have a full stack, the bigger ones, they tend to give greater focus on maybe a specific function that's seeing a lot of traction in the market, you know, and then try and build narratives around that. Mm. Um, and I think that's um, it's. It's a good sign for the industry because in general, you know, BSS and OSS have been mature phrases. I'm sure you'll agree. Um, but uh, so it's good to see this uh, bigger phrase being, you know, broken down into smaller subsets. It allows for greater and maybe even more technical conversations into some of these aspects. I, I'd like to just, just sort of build, build on that, actually. Um, I, I think the important thing here is we talked about platforms and we talked about this much more outward-facing thing. BSS and OSS terms are inward-facing things for us. They're about how we telco runs its business or how, uh, how telco operates its business. In reality, they, if, if you're engaging with platform, other, other people's platforms or you're engaging with new customer uh, use cases, etc. They they cannot be separate anymore. They're all part of the same mix. You can only create a new business model to engage. I don't know with um, agriculture. Um, if you've got a view of of tying both what you're delivering operationally and what you hand, and how you're monetizing it, how you're engaging with other businesses in that area. So it's a nat- for me. It's a natural progression that these things are coming together. Yeah, interesting, interesting perspectives. Uh, so, so yeah, no, it'll be interesting to see how this, how this, you know, new coherence, you know, plays out when when we're seeing it, you know, up front in in Copenhagen. Very interesting. I, I know you're both participating in specific sessions. Um, could could you just give us a little bit of a flavor of of what you're involved in when you guys are on the program, Francis? Maybe start with you. 
Yeah, I'll be um, uh, hosting the Autonomous Network session on the Tuesday afternoon, um, co-hosting uh, with Gorkham Yicket from uh, Nelson Mason. Um, on on the agenda will be Nokia, Telus, Amdox, Zigo, um, Plus Orange, PCCW, and 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 I'm really looking forward to this Juniper's Neil McRae. Always always a great show puller. Um, for um, fans of autonomous networks, which I obviously am, because I'll be going to the second one on on the Wednesday, um, there'll be a further more detailed um, session uh, featuring uh, the likes of China Mobile, Future Way, Huawei, Telefonica, Zane, STC, AIS, MTN, great list, EN and TC. Um, so it's a really impressive collection of people who all want to talk about um, what they are doing in autonomous networks. So that should be really exciting. There's lots of people with lots of, uh, hopefully lots, lots of exciting news. Um, it's Huawei and the uh, forum will be launching um, their, what, what is now their fifth edition of the autonomous networks white paper as part of this one. So it'd be interesting to see how this is developing, how, how we're, we're beginning to tie the, these operators into, rather than the theory of this, the, but much more the practice of actually delivering autonomous networks. Excellent. Great, uh, great topic. Uh, uh, John? Yeah, so I, I will actually be uh, moderating uh, a session uh, on the afternoon on day one, Tuesday, um, called The Network as a Platform for Innovation and Growth. Um, I'll actually be moderating along with Yasmin from STL Partners and uh, we are set to have a slew of senior telco execs uh, on the on the panel, you know, through a variety of different sessions within that particular um, uh, topic. Uh, we have the deputy CEO of Singtel. We have the CTO from Telefonica, the CTO from Do, and um, the again the CTO from City Fiber. So a lot of different perspectives coming together to talk about what I think is quite a prominent. Um, discussion point for this particular event. Yeah, terrific, interesting, and, and not a fulfillment or assurance insight, which is, uh, I think, a positive, positive sign on that. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be co-moderating a session with uh, with Emma Buckland from STL, uh, similar topics to some degree, but uh, to some degree, uh, unlocking the power of networks, transformation, monetization. Uh, we've got some great great participants in that, Rakuten Mobile, Telstra, Nokia, uh, SoftBank, and Geo. That's going to be on, on Wednesday morning. One thing I, I, I am pleased about, I don't think the agenda has been sort of toppled over by Gen AI, um, which seems to have hijacked just about everything else uh, that's going on in the industry. Um, but I do notice there are a few references to the metaverse. So, you know, I guess we can't we can't have everything. Um, I yeah. did detect there's a bit of network slicing, but I think, you know, nobody uh, nobody's going to uh, you know, be too worried about that. Uh, yeah. But it's a it's a, it's a good program. Uh, no, I just wanted to make a comment I, uh, on the program tracks itself. Uh, you know, I think you made a reference to it earlier. Uh, Robert, I think I, I agree with what Francis shared. Uh, I think it's a really well-rounded set of topics. You know, there are no obvious topics that I look at that, um, you know, that makes it uh, makes me say, you know, all right, maybe I, I don't I don't need to be in that track. I think all five tracks look pretty well-rounded. Uh, TMF seemed to be getting better at, uh, you know, uh, bringing in some of the most um, key issues that's um, relevant to telcos. And and one other observation I have with regard to this is, especially last year, it really stood out to me, uh, was that I found there was a lot more of 
newer and emerging vendors, at least in the broader BSS space that I especially focus on, uh, which is great to see uh, because uh, it's not it's a very really difficult industry to break into. Um, and, uh, you know, I think mm. the fact that we have more space at Copenhagen and the fact that, you know, the industry in general seems to be more wel welcoming of uh, newer entrants, uh, it's all adding up to a more vibrant ecosystem of, uh, you know, um, service providers, technology providers, even uh, operators, you know, getting into the picture. So I agree with you about about space for for new vendors of things. Uh, there's a thing called the loft stage that they're running this year, um, which seems to be uh, a, a little bit of a, a more kind of intimate area for uh, for you know, less well-known companies to actually engage and, and again, there's a lot of innovation on the on the show floor, the startup pitches and things. So these are all healthy signs. I, I think there are even some young people coming this year, uh, which will be, uh, you know, it's always a good sign uh, if we can if we can spot those uh, in the in the show. I'll be there too, Robert. Yeah, and and you, you'll be allowed in as well, Francis. <laughs> um, something else I noticed this year, and there's been a lot more coordinated news announcements. Uh, I think for this year than I saw last year. We've had some pre-briefings from a number of different vendors. There's some analyst days being held uh, around the event, and uh, you know I think it feels like show news. The idea of show news is kind of coming back uh, into the forum. Would you agree that, that that maybe maybe the digital transformation world is is regaining some of that uh, some of that currency, some of that you know destination event? Uh, in terms of how the vendors are are behaving and making it a, a you know a, a focal point for major announcements, we've seen a couple already this week. I know I know there's a few to come to show, but would you agree? I I, I certainly think so. I think yeah, um, the DTW is getting its mojo back. Um, I think it's very conveniently located, equidistant from the two Barcelona MWCs, right? And it's a great opportunity yeah. for uh, for the vendor community to come back and say what they have done in the past five, six months. Um, so, so uh, and to add to that, I think, you know, uh, the way TMF's own um, uh, focus on the key emphasis topics has evolved, that has also helped uh, helped it stay more relevant to what telcos are doing, you know, to their active investment and focus priorities. So all of that comes together yeah. in a nice way. That's what yeah. I think. Okay, I want to twitch tracks for a minute uh, and talk about one of the key you know, items in the event, which is the Catalyst projects. Francis, I know I knew you got a lot of thoughts on this. This year, there are more than forty Catalyst projects. Um, I, I wondered if you had a chance to to look at that, or what your thoughts are on on the importance of Catalyst projects in the in the DTW event. Well, as you say, Robert, a Catalyst actually for me are the highlight of the show. I think ever since they've been introduced, they've they've really increasingly become the, the, the sort of centre of the show. Um, and, and I guess for me, what's exciting about them is they're probably the closest our industry gets to trying something out quickly. We're not we're not exactly renowned for trying things out. In doing the infamous fail, fail fast and fail often. Um, so I think that that's a really important strand. Um, three, as you said, there's 40, uh, 40 catalysts, but three catalysts particularly caught my eye, uh, aligned with some of the themes I've been researching recently for t uh, about telco innovation. Um, the first was dynamic network sharing. Um, for, for me, that talks to one of our key themes, which is we think that in innovation for telco, one of the things is going to be about improving coverage and capacity. 
um, and also building the new business models to go with that enhanced uh, coverage and capacity. And the idea of dynamic network sh um, uh, sharing, I think, is could be in a very exciting part of that one. How do how do how do we uh, if we want to have high bandwidth or uh, low latency applications, we're going to need to share. We're going to need to share resources when 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 demand comes from particular types of customers. Um, the second is data fabric based intelligent data sharing. It's a little bit of a mouthful, um, but again, it talks to again another key thing we think in the the innovative telco, which is the need to better leverage data insights, both data insights internally to the business data insights in terms of sharing between telcos, which, which which I think is going to become an important theme in the future. It's not something that telcos naturally do at the moment in a lot of cases. And probably the most important is how that data is exposed to customers to provide added, added value. Um, the third one, well, it struck struck me was um, it's it's actually actually one about an industry use case of uh, intelligent ed for sustainable agriculture. It's actually the second one of these, so there was one last year as well. Um, which again, for me, it talks to again another theme, which is how do you deliver high value communication to other industries with a business model tailored to that for that for that industry. Um, so three themes I think facing in the right direction for innovation. I'll slightly temper that with the concern I still have with the catalysts is that they rarely seem to have a route to commercialization. Um, I, I, my sense is the most likely next step when you ask them is that uh, uh, success is that there's a follow on next year's catalyst. So I think that's an important a theme. We need to start thinking about these things as not sort of science projects, but something that could actually go out in uh, could it be delivered in in um, in in the real world? The the agricultural one was interesting as well because it it just lacked an agricultural specialist in the in within the team. Um, so again, there's a danger of telcos defining what other industries want rather than um, rather than understanding what other industries need. Uh, I'm hoping to be proved wrong anyway. I, I think Francis, that might be a, a time of year thing. I think the the farmers are all busy. Uh, Pulling in the crops, uh, <laughs> but but fair, fair fair commentary on the on the catalysts. John, was there anything you wanted to add about about catalysts in the past? Do you think, that, like Francis, that they are kind of a centerpiece for the show? Uh, absolutely, I, I think they have become quite a significant way for um, the industry to show off early stage innovation. Uh, I think that there was a time a few years ago where catalysts were not considered to be a significant, uh, you know, worth the effort. Um, uh, you know, it was considered more of a marketing gimmick. Uh, and, and that time was well and truly behind us. I think there is a lot more investment. By the way, these catalysts, you know, we might just talk about it as if they just gather together and do something. It takes months of preparation, uh, both on the vendor side and, and mm. even on the operator side to pull it all together. Uh, and there's a lot of effort mm. involved. And uh, and I think right now we are in a, a place where quite a few of the vendors and operators we have heard from, they want to actively not just participate, but also promote. Um, and, you know, they, they start talking about it you know, well before just to keep the interest alive in, in some of these use mm -hmm. cases. Um, at least on the CX front, we have a lot of um, early stage ideas being thrown about. And I, when I say ideas, it's not ideas that we haven't heard of, but maybe we haven't seen 
in production the way it is actually being deployed, uh, be it for CX or B2B enterprise related engagements, you know, uh, uh, CPQ related and so on. So, um, uh, so yeah, so I'm, I'm quite optimistic about uh, the catalyst. The challenge, though, is there is quite a few to get through. And sometimes it's about balancing the sessions and the meetings sure. and the yeah. <laughs> and the catalyst <laughs> events itself. You know, I think I think that's a good sign. Right. There is Absolutely. more to do than three days would allow you to do in. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. You know, when you look into what's there on the agenda, yeah, it's it's a, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's, it's a big show compressed into quite a small uh, time frame but as you say that's a that's a good thing great okay for the last few minutes here i i want to uh i want to talk about the excellence awards partly because i don't entirely agree with francis about the catalyst being the centerpiece without qualification i think that the excellence awards i've seen a significant step up how they work and and i i think that that they should get more more airtime than they have done in in, in prior years i know they, they have a ceremony and so on but i think there's a lot going on here there are six TM Forum Excellence Awards, and there are six finalists in each category. Um, I, I I did some data munging, I think it's technically called, uh, on the stats. It was kind of interesting when you look at the finalists. Um, APAC seems to be a hotbed of excellence. Uh, there are three times as many finalists from China as there are from the US. Maybe that, maybe that says something. Um, about 30% of the finalists are kind of self-nominated by CSPs, um, which I think is kind of interesting in itself. Uh, that's, you know, that's organizations using TM Forum standards, you know, about a third of the category finalists. Uh, in terms of vendors, Huawei is the most prominent vendor to feature across all categories. Uh, and then Ericsson and Nokia uh, together. Uh, and then and then Netcracker. And then there's kind of ones and twos here and there. So it's interesting. I'll, I'll put the stats, I'll put a link to the stats on the, uh, on the show notes. Um, one thing I wanted to point out, is that uh, this year they've done, uh, each of the finalists has produced a short video, less than five minutes. Um, the ones that I've seen are are mostly excellent, really all very interesting, very slick, very well produced. They're, they're really, uh, really impressive. I do want to highlight one for, for listeners, because if you don't look for it, you won't find it. And I think it's very, very important, and I think you should seek it out. And that's a short a short video about, um, about Optiva and a company called Lifestyle, which is in Ukraine. Um, I, I won't kind of spoil the the surprise, uh, but it's a very very powerful uh, video. And it, you know, if you want to understand, you know, what telecom can do in in what is literally the front line, I, I would encourage everybody to to check that that short video. It's a very powerful piece and uh, very worth five minutes of your time. Optiva and Lifecell, uh, do do check it out. Um, okay, I, I think we're we're nearly out of time. Um, I just want to see if there's anything that you guys have seen in the program that you just wanted to call out any specific sessions, which, again, if you can get to them, great. But if you can't get to them, you certainly encourage uh, others. Um, Francis, did you want to pick out a couple of speakers that you're, you're looking forward to hearing from? Yeah, I, 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 I think I'm looking forward to hearing from Sharad Shawastawa, uh, now the co-CEO CEO of Rakuten Mobile. Um, he obviously has very big shoes to fill following on from Tarek Amin. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping, uh, looking forward to give him giving more detail on how Rakuten is transitioning from what has been very much a network creation success to a running network success. Um, another one I'm very interested in, we recently did another podcast with Alan Quayle about applic enabling application development, and he, he, he called that Axiata Group, 
um, as one of the sort of leaders in this whole area of enabling development communities. So I'm interested in uh, what Anthony Rodrigo, who is the Axiata Group CIO, will be saying. Um, he's down in the monetizing platforms and marketplaces, which is which is in deep down in this whole area of enabling development community and application development. So that will be exciting for me. I I always like hearing from Elisabetta Romano at Telecom Italia. Um, she's always rather uh, forthright and, and impressive in her in her presentation. She'll be on the on the Techco track. And Harmony Meta from from BT. I saw her presenting in the Google Next event recently, and uh, she's certainly you know shaking things up in inside of BT. Uh, I think that that's very very interesting. So yeah, I think if people can get to see to see her, that would be good. John, I know that some of the companies you're interested in have got some announcements that may be worth people checking out. Can anyone mention anything about those? Sure. Um, so Tadugi has just announced the launch of Woosh, uh, which is um, ATP uh, APIs platform, uh, mainly something that Compete Twilio is doing. Amdocs um, has uh, announced the cloud management platform. They obviously have a big release in the works, the one with, uh, you know, the customer engagement platform, uh, you know, or the one that they are partnering with Microsoft. Um, yeah, so, so uh, and that's just off the top of my head, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure we sure. will come across quite a few other announcements that we can cover in greater de uh, detail in the post-event uh, show. Yeah, we'll certainly, we'll certainly do a comprehensive uh, post-show uh, note. There's clearly a lot, a lot to cover. Um, I, if anyone from the forum is listening, I do want to offer a shout out to them. I think that the the pre the pre show work this year has been particularly good. I think the website has really had a big improvement. Very easy to to track around and check your agenda. All right, gents, uh, have safe travels. We'll be seeing you in Copenhagen uh, very shortly, and yeah, look forward to to wrapping up on the event afterwards. Thanks very much for your time today. Thank you, Robert. You have been listening to the Appledore Research Podcast. Join us next time for more insights and conversation on the transformation of talent.